Hey, faithful listener. A couple of weird things happened with this episode, and only half of it was my fault. First off, Sheila decided we needed to record this when we were on the road in our Mini headed towards San Diego, so the audio quality is <laughs> a little rough. Two, I kind of forgot to publish this. This should have went out a month ago. I suck. Uh, hopefully, you'll forgive us. You know, you'll be in the holiday-giving spirit. Uh, enough. Here's the show. Hello, and welcome to Shivo versus the First World. I'm Sheila D. And I am Evo Terra. You're listening to our podcast about the reverse culture shock we face every day after returning home from living abroad for three and a half years. Normally there's some scripted stuff, but since we're on the drive to uh, San Diego about to hit Yuma, we don't have anything scripted, so unscripted. And I kind of didn't tell you what this was about, no, did I? <laughs> not that you kind of didn't. <laughs> I actually have zero idea what you wanted to talk about and why you chose Yuma, Arizona <laughs> as the place to have the conversation. Probably just to distract me from the fact that I'm driving through, through Yuma. Yuma. Got it. So here's the thing. Almost exactly four years ago, we recorded our first show. Almost exactly four years ago, the first episode of the podcast, which yes. at the time was not called Shivo versus the First World. Right. But nonetheless, that first episode of that first season, which I don't even think had a name at that time, that was four years ago, roughly today. Yeah. Well, happy anniversary, honey. Yeah, and on that episode, we were talking about our fears, like, and what we needed to get in place. Like yeah. we were talking about healthcare right. and da 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 da. And and we're so all over that. Like huh? I ha we're over oh, all of those we're fears. We're beyond that. Yeah, we're, we're beyond, beyond that. that. I see. Um, well sure, because it's been four and a half years. You typically will get over your fears. Right. For five to four it and was half great. Years. But unless you're very neurotic and worried about things like sharks. People will stick with that stuff for a long time. Terry Simpson didn't though. That's true. He's over that. Yeah. So anyway, here's what I wanted to talk about. The differences between taking a, a trip via the road. We call that a road trip in many places. <laughs> Whatever, you're so picky on the, the words. Um, trip via the road makes it sound fancy. Because <laughs> you use, you know, a French or Latin or somewhat, <laughs> via. It's French. Sure, um, which is Latin. Continue. Anyway, a, a trip here versus, say, in Thailand that we've taken. So taking a road trip in America yep. versus a road trip in Thailand or just any trip in Thailand? I a road sure. trip. A road, road trip. trip. Yeah, because right. okay. we did a couple of those. We did a couple of those. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. So... What are some of the things that you look at as you're traveling? Yeah. Because you're the one who drove right. on all of those. Yes. So what and are the this things? one, by the way. And this. So far, I might Keep drive. Going. So what are those things that you look at? Well, I think the big difference is the fact that I'm in a car. Right. As opposed to being on a motorcycle. Okay. Because all of the road tripping I did in Thailand was done on, the, on a motorbike with you behind me. Any extended drive. Well, there was only one other one that we did take that was in a car, and that was a taxi to 
the... Right. Um, I don't know that getting in a taxi and going something qualifies as a road trip. I think the word road trip means you, you're going to a destination to we, stay. We did. And, and, yeah, but but it, it implies driving there yourself. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't think buses count for a road trip, and I don't think that... Uh, okay, because we a, did take a bus trip. But that's, but that's a bus trip. <laughs> and I realize that it is on the road, but vastly different. Okay, anyway, back to when you drove the motorbike. Yes. Beyond... I prefer the word piloted the motorbike, but continue. <laughs> but you drove it. Yeah. Piloted. That's only aircraft. And UFOs. Keep going. Anyway, so... Do you prefer the motorbike or do you prefer the car ride? Well, I mean, the car, cars are significantly, oh, here's a police officer. Uh, the cars are significantly uh, more comfortable. True. Than being on a motorbike. Yes, we can but talk. We have. We can have a conversation. You don't have to like tap me on the helmet and then scream at me knowing full well there's no way I'm going to hear what it is you're about to say. Sure, there's that. <laughs> Um, we could never record. Well, not unless we somehow shoved this lavalier microphone up inside of the helmet. <laughs> Bad idea. Which would not get really the sound that we're looking for. So, um, right. And, but and I, I'm not making you uncomfortable when I twist and turn. No, yeah, you <laughs> to can take pictures. <laughs> feel free to wiggle your ass in your seat as much as you wish right now because it's not really. And a, by the way, I haven't since we've been in the car today wiggled uh, much. I don't know. I mean, you might have. It, it won't. It won't really cause a problem for me. But I don't think that's what you're looking for. No, it's not. I think you're looking for the question of really the difference between taking a road trip just in general as right. in, in, a, in a third world country we're using Thailand as our proxy yep. as opposed to the Western world. Now, here's the thing. As I make this comparison, I don't just have to make it America versus Thailand because we took pretty significant road trips in the UK. We did, and also in Australia. Yes, we did many long drives in both the UK and Australia. So all countries that drive on the wrong side of the road outside <laughs> of, course. of America. Right. So I'll, I'll give some pros. Okay. In all of those countries spoken, the you know, three, I would say, shining examples of, of Western-style culture, the, the great thing about road trips is that I don't fear the roads just simply ending. I don't fear cropping over the top of a ridge like we are right now and wondering, will the highway continue? Because in a third world, they're not so great about putting up signs when construction might be ahead of you. That's you just true. appear in the middle of construction sometimes. So in all in all of those yep. places, even France, so we take a little road tripping in France. Oh yeah, yeah. I also do not, I have zero concern that construction will just suddenly appear. I will give ample warning about that. So I am much more of a relaxed driver in the Western world where you must be attentive and alert all the time when you're driving in a developing nation. I, I would still like you to be attentive and alert as we're driving. You must be hyper attentive <laughs> and alert, like no music, certainly no recording of a podcast episode right while you are driving in the developing nation when you you have no idea right. what's around the bend 
Did you ever, while we were traveling, get a ticket? Yes, as well you know, we did get a speeding ticket once when I was in France. Yes. An automated ticket for me driving a an RV at an excessive speed, whatever. Now, part of the reason, early on in the trip for that, to, to be, if I'm honest with you, is they sign speed limits were certainly posted in, in France. I just wasn't yet able to convert those numbers right. into how fast I thought that I was going. Although now I think I'm pretty good with that, but regardless of that. I did not, however, since you brought up public safety, law enforcement, one thing I did not have to worry about taking road trips in the third world was what I just saw a few moments ago at Highway Patrolman pulling off the side of the road. Right. Speed cameras in the no. third world? No. No. No, in fact, I never once saw any sort of analog to the Highway Patrol driving around Thailand. No, I didn't see that there's, either. There's none of that. That's not what you get. I don't, I'm assuming there, I mean, yes, there are speed limits. Right. Yes, they are posted occasionally, randomly. I doubt they're enforced unless you do something really incredibly stupid while a cop is driving home. I don't know. I don't know how that would work. We also took a couple trips in Vietnam on the motorbike, just little day trips. Yeah. Right, same, um, but same But situation. same thing, no, yeah. No police presence. Well, there's a police presence in these countries. They're not, there's no, well, and there might be, but I just didn't see it. But as I said, there is no analog that I was able to see of any sort of a highway patrol. Right. Um, every every cop I saw in the third world was, was on a motorbike as well. Cool. What was it like getting gas in the various places. Terribly expensive compared to America. <laughs> right. Hooray for subsidized petroleum products. Right. But, you know, gas is, I would say, readily available mm -hmm. everywhere that I, that I drove around. Um, and in fact, in some places, it's just sold strangely. Like in Vietnam, I don't believe we used a gas station. Nope. We just pulled over to the side of the road to where what looked like someone was sunning their bottles of Kool-Aid. Right. Was actually bottles, uh, liters of petroleum. So we would put the petrol in after pulling over on the side of the road. Yeah, no, they have gas stations. I just didn't see any of them there. Right. And that was similar to parts of Thailand as well. Especially yep. the more boonies you get. It's much more of the roadside individual who remarkets gas as opposed to having a shell station on every corner, which there are in Bangkok. There are plenty of shell yeah. stations around. But when you go out of the country or out to the country, it gets a little uh, more tenuous on how often you're going to get fuel, which is very helpful because the motorbikes also don't have reliable gas cages in them. So it's a bit of a hit and miss. That is true. That is true. Well, I will tell you this. Yes. They do not have readily available pull-over and eat food options oh, in the third world. yeah, that's Where true. here, there's there's a, unless you're on a large stretch of the middle of nowhere, and again, we're driving between Phoenix and San Diego, and there are large 50 to 60 mile sections of the, of the highway where there is no services available, but we always put signs up, no services available for the next 56 miles. That's right. always written. Uh, that's not the case in the, in, in the third world. You don't know when you're going to get to another uh, village that has something that's open. And if it does, it's certainly not a Cracker Barrel. 
True. It is likely these little small towns, they don't have the standard fare you're used to. So you might find some little streety food on the roadside to get, but you're not going to get anything huge. You're not going to get anything amazing right. that, you're, that you're used to you know, here in America. That's for sure. So one of the things that I don't see here in America and I yep. didn't see in the UK or France or Australia is um, somebody walking their elephant or their monkeys or monkeys on the side of the road either. I, I never saw anybody walking their monkey. You might see that if an organ grinder is nearby. <laughs> That's but the always elephant. A I did see an elephant once walking. Oh, yeah, that's true. You will, yeah, you're not going to see, uh, it would be an odd thing to see an elephant walking on the side of the road or anywhere. Or any sort of animal that you wouldn't think of as a domesticated. I mean, right. sure, I've seen cows, I've seen sheep, I've seen things like that. But not really. We saw coyotes this morning. Yes, yes. Well, like there's not wildlife here. Right. But no one's going to walk their buffalo uh, around. Right. Streets are cleaner, streets are nicer, streets are smoother. Right. It's a, they're, they're well signed. They, right. I don't have to worry about large trucks that are only going 40 kilometers an hour stacked high with, I don't know what's on them. Sometimes corn, sometimes sugarcane, sometimes rice, a, a variety of things right. gummed up the works. It's nice to have light. <laughs> the streets are illuminated in most places. Yeah, I remember coming back from a UTIA and it is just pitch dark. Yeah, it was pretty and much And the annoying. motorbike was pretty much useless when it came to that headlight. So... Uh, well, let's hear it for infrastructure. Because I think the infrastructure right. for making a road trip uh, in, in the West definitely wins out. And safety? Safety. Well, from a public safety point yeah. of view, of you know having safe roads to drive right. on, that kind of yes, I would I would totally agree. Not like there are bands of brigands <laughs> ready to uh, <laughs> no. pirate high, highway robbery, <laughs> like literally highway robbery. That right. doesn't. I mean, that might have happened. It certainly didn't happen to us as right. we were traveling. Well, let's, let's let's wrap this so we can have the final. Uh, and I'll play this out. So. Having an amazing infrastructure to travel on, honey, is that something that you embrace about Western civilization? Is it something that you are embarrassed about the Western world we live in? Or is it so terrible having this great infrastructure that you want to escape back to the third world? I kind of like it. Well, yes, you like I it. Everybody it. likes it. <laughs> there's, there's no, there's no this is better. Right. Maybe not environmentally speaking. Okay. But uh, yeah, I like uh, this. This is kind of cool. I'd much rather drive here than, right. uh, than, than other places, no doubt. So that's it from our show from the road. So uh, that wow. is. And then again, it has been a while since we put out an episode. We know we suck. Uh, we're busy, and uh, yeah. you guys are all busy too. But anyhow, we do have a Patreon page. If you feel like supporting us, and, and maybe the more support we get, the more shows we'll do. Who knows? Go to Shivo. Great. Go to shivo.wtf slash Patreon and get signed up so that you can get some bonus content episode, which we need to do one of those too, one of these days. Yes. But yeah, go to Patreon. Go to shivo.wtf slash Patreon, sign up, support us, and maybe we'll do more shows. Maybe? Eh, holding content hostage. <laughs> you can find us on all the social medias. I'm Sheila D. Oh, yeah, and I am Evo Terra. We'll be back eh, soonish with more tales and comparisons of what it's like living here in the first world. I've forgotten what the outro sounds like. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs>